Welcome to the Richard Roper Show. I'm Richard Roper. Thanks to everyone, as always, for listening, sharing, subscribing, downloading, commenting, all that great stuff. Uh, we have breaking news as we speak. Let me call this up, guys. This is uh, somebody called the Isaac's Army. Isaac's Army on Twitter saying, are you ready for this? Taylor Swift has direct bloodlines to the founder of the Church of Satan. Satan, I tell you. I, I don't know who Isaac's army is, but uh, this guy is emblematic of all of the madness and hysteria surrounding the uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey romance, friendship, partnership, whatever it is. We're going to talk about everything that's going on with that, mostly the reaction to it, which I find quite amusing, quite frankly. Uh, and we've got reviews of a bunch of stuff uh, coming your way. Also, some new developments with the Golden Globe Awards. Uh, the Golden Globes adding some categories. All of that and much, much more right here on the Richard Roper Show. But first, here's your reminder. The Richard Roper Show is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. The digital landscape is changing rapidly. And to compete in today's online world, you need an experienced business partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of, you know it, all sizes, offering web design, web development, e-commerce, mobile apps, digital marketing, all of it to drive your overall business's success because they believe that today's online world is your online opportunity. Visit AmericanEagle.com to get started today. Visit AmericanEagle.com. That is AmericanEagle, all one word, dot com. Thanks to our friends at AmericanEagle.com. I'm sure almost everybody in the world knows by now. Uh, this is, uh, we're recording this um, a few days after uh, Taylor Swift showed up uh, in the uh, Skybox with a bunch of other uh, friends and family of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes family, and uh, Travis Kelsey's mom to see Travis play football because Travis Kelsey, of course, had uh, put himself out there right uh, a few weeks ago, taking a taking a shot. Come on, man. He took a shot. A lot of people never take their shot. And uh, apparently they've been hanging out and she was at the game. And uh, I think it's great. First of all, it's, you know, we got a lot of crazy serious stuff happening in this world and even you know even in the world of entertainment we've got strikes to cover and people going through personal troubles and uh business related entertainment stuff and in this case it's like it's a football player and a pop star having a romance and you know if you go back uh, it's so funny because people are like oh people never used to go so crazy over stuff like this this is an embarrassment to the media and to the to the public uh, I, you know what I got news for you. It's always been this way. If there are celebrity couples in, in this is now almost, uh, gosh, it would have been over 60 years ago. Uh, Marilyn Monroe was probably the biggest star in the world. Joe DiMaggio was one of the biggest athletes in the world. He was actually, I believe he was retired uh, when they married. But Joe DiMaggio married Marilyn Monroe. Uh, you know, you've, I'm sure you've seen the photos and the, there's been documentaries and some of the fictional movies. And for a brief time there, uh, when they went on tour, so to speak, uh, you know, they went on the honeymoon and you would see there. Are, if you look it up, just look up Marilyn Monroe, uh, Joe DiMaggio. When they got married, it was literally front page news and newspapers everywhere. And then back then, of course, you didn't have all the social media, but you did have the press and you had, you know, dozens of celebrity magazines and tabloids and thousands of newspapers. And everywhere they'd go, there would be a crush of photographers and press and fans, you know, mobbing them. It was crazy. So it's always been that way, you know, and athletes and actresses and uh, entertainers 
for a very long time, you know, there have been romances, but this is, a, this is a pretty big deal. And I just love all of stuff, all of the offshoot of this. And first of all, you know, I think, you know, they've hung out for however long. I don't really give a shit about that. I, I wish them well. I mean, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to follow every, every moment here. I love these uh, entertainment uh, websites where they always quote the insider or an onlooker who tells you exactly how they feel about each other. Oh, they were snuggling at the after party, but it is pretty amazing. And it's really funny seeing, uh, some of the bros out there who are football fans and their girlfriends or wives or whatever, there's all these videos where they're teasing their partners about how much more famous Taylor Swift is than Travis Kelsey and how much more money she makes. And you know what? It's the fact. It's the truth. I mean, Travis Kelsey, he's a sports star who has transcended being a football all pro two time Super Bowl champion uh, because he's he's very funny. He's very uh, telegenic. He's media friendly. We talked a couple of weeks ago. I know we talked about you know Travis and Jason Kelsey. There's a documentary about them. Uh, it's mostly actually about his brother who plays for the Eagles, who's also very entertaining. They have a podcast that's a huge success. He's done some acting. He did a reality dating show. He's on tons of commercials. So Travis Kelsey is more famous. He's more than sports famous. Some people are saying, oh, now he's more than sports famous. Here he was. But still, I would guess that I'm going to just get 75% of Taylor Swift fans across the world, especially, you know, American football is more popular than it used to be, but it's still American football. He's not that famous. I don't know, you know, as famous as you can be right now, Taylor Swift's maybe the most famous person in the world right up there. I mean, you can say, okay, the, you know, the Pope, uh, Trump, whoever the president is, but in the world of entertainment, it's, you know, Beyonce and Taylor Swift. She's got a worldwide following folks. I mean, you know, there's no denying her success. I think her music is pretty great. She's very talented and she's playing, uh, you know, she, she's doing this airs tour, uh, which by the way, in October, I think she goes to, I think she goes to these international venues. I mean, she's you know, she, here in Chicago where I'm doing the podcast. She played soldier field. I think it was three straight nights. Something like 70,000 people every single night. The local news did stories about how the economy got such a boost from Taylor Swift. She's that important and that big of a star because when we're talking about 210,000 people coming downtown, most of them either from the suburbs or from far-flung locations, many of them getting hotels, you know, before the concert, spending money, maybe after the concert, not to mention all the money and uh, revenue she generates. So anyway, you know, she's a huge star. Who knows where this is going to go? But we've got stories like this one. Much of America seems enchanted uh, by the budding love story between NFL All-Pro Travis Kelsey and pop superstar Taylor Swift. But conservatives appear to be seeing red and view the lovebirds as anti-heroes. I love anti-heroes. Of course, um, Taylor Swift, there's famous footage of her a few years ago getting involved more and more involved with politics and saying she wanted to be on the right side of history. She recently urged uh, her Swifties now, Swiffers are those things that clean, you know, that do a great job of cleaning your kitchen floors. But Swifties are her fans. They call them, you know, they all got, they have to have names like the little monsters, right? For Lady Gaga. So the Swifties, she encouraged, anyway, she, she's encouraging young people to register to vote. And more than 100,000 people have. And I don't care what your, uh, your motivation is for voting, whether it's because your favorite pop star says you should, or you got yourself involved or whatever it is, it's a good thing. And of course, people know that probably Taylor Swift is clearly uh, more liberal than conservative and her fans are going to you know, follow her and probably are. And Travis Kelsey uh, is, is irritating MAGA uh, because he has not only done a commercial for, I think he's done some stuff for Bud Light and um, he is also now doing 
uh, commercials for the Pfizer vaccine. He encourages viewers to get their booster shots and their flu vaccines at the same time. We're going to have a, I'm going to have a little bit of a commentary for you guys about that whole booster shot thing in a second. Don't worry. We're not going to get deep into the science and all of that or the politics of it, but I just want to point something out. So Charlie Kirk, who's very popular, he's the turning point USA founder and Megan Kelly, of course, everybody knows who Megan Kelly is. They, they did this uh, uh, piece together where they talked about the vaccine stuff, I think really got to Megan Kelly. She's got concerns about it. And then she says it's uh, you know, it's propaganda and proof that Kelsey's for sale. Of course he's for sale. To me, it's like, listen, if you don't want to get the shot, you don't want to get a flu shot, you don't get any vaccine. That's up to you. Unless you're at a place where they require it, then you got to do it. For example, the military. Uh, but it gets so uh, uh, politicized. And there, now there's this guy I mentioned that says Taylor Swift uh, has got blood ties to the founder of the Church of Satan, which, by the way, you know, that's a cartoon character and whatever the Church of Satan is. As long as they don't harm anyone else, I don't give a shit what they do. She doesn't have, by the way, she's not related to them. She's got nothing to do with that. People have been calling out pop and rock stars. And before that, jazz musicians and blues musicians and entertainers, they're always doing the work of the devil. I mean, this stuff has been going around for more than 100 years and probably before that. And, you know, if you're old enough to remember, there was the, uh, I think it was called the Parents Resource Music Committee, something like that. Tipper Gore, actually, Al Gore's wife. And talk about, you know, you'd think that, that would be a liberal uh, union, but she was, you know, the, the rap and the hip hop in the nineties, there were all kinds of hearings about that and how it's going to ruin our children. And before that, of course, it was the rock and roll with those hippies, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and their revolutionary way, whatever music young people are, are into older people are going to say that it's the work of the devil or conservatives, you know, they, they want to blame the culture. They want to blame the music or the violent video games or the movies that glorify violence, they never want to take away your guns or do any kind of legislation that even makes it more difficult to get automatic weapons, but they will go after Taylor Swift. So in some ways, uh, nothing ever changes. Uh, as I mentioned, we're doing this uh, podcast uh, leading into the weekend. There are reports that Taylor Swift is going to go to the Chiefs are playing the Jets on Sunday night. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> when, when Taylor Swift went to the Chiefs-Bears game, what a game that was for us Chicago Bears fans. What a fun game. I don't think most people, there weren't a lot of reports about that. You know, uh, obviously by the time the game started, everybody was aware. I, you know, listen, Fox, some people were criticizing. They're going to reaction shots of her in the booth. I'm fine with it. They, you know, and the announcer's making a few comments. Patrick Mahomes, even Bill Belichick weighing in. It's fine. You're still watching the football game. If you get a couple of, you know, they always, they're going to reaction shots of somebody in the booth all the time, in the sky boxes, that is, you know, whether it's the owner or other celebrities, they certainly do it at NBA games, whatever, you know, baseball games, they always just happen to have the star of the latest Fox series at the game. You're going to see that, by the way, now that the strike is over in particular and, and actors and writers, and hopefully the, the actor part of it will be settled soon. It hasn't been settled, but they'll be out promoting stuff. And it's so funny, the postseason on Fox, because they'll say, hey, in the third row of the Dodgers-Braves game, there's the stars of the new whatever the new sitcom is you see these two actors with their hats that look like they just got purchased at the gift store and obviously they you know it's part of the promotion who cares it's all harmless it's all tied in it goes back to like you know megan kelly saying you know travis kelsey's for sale everybody's for sale everybody's promoting stuff but it was kansas city and travis kelsey and taylor swift left in his convertible they drove away uh, you can't drive away in New York, although I guess they play in New Jersey, right? But still, the media and everything, and, and if people know in advance, the, the, the media coverage is going to be 10 times what it was. Uh, they're going to have to have all, all kinds of security measures. 
I kind of do hope it would be kind of fun if they just tinted the windows of the skybox where Taylor Swift is so you couldn't see and then they'd have to stop showing her. But apparently she's going to be at the game. So they're still hanging out. There's going to come a time very soon, as I mentioned, she's going on tour and stuff. She's not going to every game. She's kind of got some stuff on her plate. So maybe we'll see Travis after the season next spring going to Taylor Swift concerts. Uh, we wish him the best. I think it's hilarious that, you know, people can politicize anything nowadays. And sometimes I think it must be, it must be hard for certain MAGA, especially the, the ones who work in TV or did work in TV. It must be difficult to like hate everything that's in the entertainment sports world because they've been boy supposedly boycotting the NFL, going back to you know Colin Kaepernick and uh, you know boycotting all these different beers, even though half the beers they're drinking are owned by the same company. And then you know Donald Trump lashed out against. George Clooney and the Hollywood elite and George Clooney came back and said, fuck you. I grew up in Kentucky and worked my ass off. And yeah, now I'm really successful, but you were the one born with, you know, born with a silver spoon in your mouth, but it must be tough to say, you know, I hate, you know, most Hollywood stars are liberals. Most rock stars are most hip hop artists, sports, you know, in most cases, you know, the teams have become a lot more woke, if you will. First of all, I don't believe for a second, any, almost anybody is actually boycotting this stuff, but it must be, you know, to always be the one saying, oh, you know, guys tweeting this week, that Taylor's guys who look like uh, live action versions of animated turtles, 55 year old men are saying Taylor Swift's a six and Travis Kelsey's a, a, a baby. And I'm like, yeah, really six foot five tight end for the Kansas city chiefs. You, you would not question his toughness if you met him in person. And if you ever met someone who looked like Taylor Swift, you'd probably beat your pants. So, it, you know, like it, it, it's it's ridiculous it's schoolyard stuff and it's going to continue last thought about that halloween costumes a lot of guys out there are thinking well at least i could be travis kelsey now and my girlfriend or partner can be taylor swift because up until last week you were going to have to be ken and she was going to be barbie and that's a winner for her okay i just want to mention this one thing about the uh the covid pandemic and the booster shots this is a cbs story and again i'm not going to get into the debates about whether she get the shots or not but uh, we do talk about all things media related here, and um, they've been trying to get the message out on television recently, uh, medical experts and the CDC saying, you know, this is not a booster, the next COVID-19 shot. It's the next vaccine. It's the 2023-24 COVID vaccine. They point out, and this I do find very interesting, you know, most, at least many millions and millions and millions of people will get a flu shot every year. Well, the influenza changes from year to year. So that's why you kept to keep getting the shot. It's a different shot. So it's just like the COVID. It's a different shot. We don't call it the flu booster. It's just a different influenza shot. You have to get a new shot. But I, I, I will say this. And again, we're talking in terms of the messaging. That ship is sailed. People are calling it the booster. Then no matter what you do, even though medically, scientifically, the updated COVID-19 vaccine is the same equivalent of a flu updated vaccine. People are going to call it the booster. And I think that does kind of keep some people from getting it because they feel like, well, it's just a booster. I've already been vaccinated. Do what you want to do as long as you don't inflict any harm on others. I'll be getting my shots. Uh, I did want to point this out, too, before we go to a break. I love Cardi B. And that's another one. Oh, my gosh. Now they're going to get all worked up. Uh, Cardi B wants to know why aliens haven't invaded. Let's take a listen to this clip. This is on a Hot Ones episode where Cardi B would like someone to point to her actual proof of alien life. Where are you on that whole thing? Like, do you have any thoughts on aliens and the possibility that they visited Earth? I don't believe the aliens are real. 
I really don't believe that aliens are real because it's like, okay, so if aliens are real and they're smarter than us, right? I feel like it's like, why they just haven't invaded us? So aliens, if they're smart, they know how humans are. Humans are like despicable. They want to take over everything. They just want to have power over everything. And then people be like, but why will aliens will want to invade Earth. Earth is ghetto. They probably, <laughs> they probably, they probably like so advanced, like they probably think the Earth is like a small fry. And it's like, it's not about that. Right. It's the art of war. <laughs> I'm following. That don't make sense to me. So it's like, if they so smart, like people think that they are, they would have been invading us just so they could just have us mm -hmm. and not. I just know that they ain't real. I don't care. I don't care. She's got a point. Uh, and we are going to talk about uh, a new documentary series about UFO encounters. So uh, Cardi B, you should check it out. And then uh, one last thing uh, I mentioned, the Golden Globes, they've added two new categories. The two new categories for the upcoming 81st Golden Globes. One is cinematic and box office achievement in motion pictures. And one is best stand-up comedian on television. I'll be part of the January 7th ceremony. Their description of this cinematic and box office achievement category says it will recognize eight of the most acclaimed, highest earning and or most viewed films that have garnered extensive global audience. Well, that would seem to be pretty obvious. It's going to be Barbie and Oppenheimer and uh, the latest Fast and Furious. But we know what the top box office performers are, uh, but it'll, it'll also say. They're going to reward film uh, a film if it has uh, commensurate digital streaming viewership. In other words, they're going to hand out a Golden Globe to a movie for being a big-ass hit. And it's clearly an attempt to get more viewers. Who cares? Why not? I don't know. You probably just give it to the box office champ. But you could also, I would say, if you're going to say the most interesting, I don't know. I was going to say Barbie for sure. But then the fact that Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, made so much money, such a serious film about a serious subject, historical biopic from Christopher Nolan. That's pretty incredible, too. But I think Barbie will win this inaugural, whatever this is, cinematic and box office achievement category. Kind of like the idea of the best stand-up comedian. I guess that'll be basically for stand-up specials because that, that should have a category. There are so many stand-up specials, obviously, on Netflix, but also HBO and other venues. Why not recognize the best stand-up of the year? So Golden Globes are definitely more interesting than they've been for a long time. Okay, let's take a break. Let's hear about Portillo's and then come back with reviews of some new stuff. All right, kids, let's talk about Portillo's. It's one of my favorite places to eat on the planet Earth. My delivery history will bear this out. I also happen to live within walking distance of one of the Chicago Portillo's. Yes, that's right. I'm that lucky. It is amazing. You could order from the restaurant or the drive-thru, but if it's not near you, you can go to Portillo's.com, Portillo's.com and order. They got French fries. They got all kinds of comfort food. The amazing hot dogs, the Italian beef, the Italian sausage, some really good salads, by the way, if you want to take it a little bit easy because you want to have a little bit room left for the chocolate cake, the best chocolate cake in the world. Think about it. Portillo's.com. P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. That's how you spell it. Portillo's.com. Okay. 
hate the weapon. Yeah, it's just a kid. Are you going to heaven? No. You gotta be a good person to go to heaven. So, we're the same. We can't go to heaven, because you're not good. And I'm not a person. Do you have any idea what the thing is? She looks like a little girl now, but she's growing. Whoever has that kid wins the war. Okay, that's a clip from the creator, which has been getting a lot of buzz in recent weeks. Listen, I think it's pretty cool. It's a it's an original sci-fi film. It's not from a franchise. Uh, this is a, a a brand new work. Uh, I know a lot of people you've seen probably some of the commercials and even some critics are saying it's the best movie of the year and it, it kind of changes the game for futuristic sci-fi films. I'm on the fence. I gave it two and a half stars, guys. It's a great looking film. I love the idea that they shot on location and then embellish it with uh, CGI and uh, all kinds of VFX and everything after the fact, because when you're shooting in real locations and then you add the CGI, I think it looks a little more three-dimensional and real than just starting with green screen like some of the big superhero movies and this was made for 80 million dollars i think it looks better than a lot of 250 million dollar movies i'll give you that but the plot is so hokey it's it's set in the future it's you know a man against machine humans against machine i should say not man against machines come on rich but you're better than that but you you guys know what i mean uh it's it's the humans against the ai technology uh you know we've had that ever since 2001 space odyssey and obviously terminator films rise of machines etc etc the matrix what is kind of interesting is that uh so the humans have uh, gotten into this big war and they, they believe that the ai of course the artificial intelligent beings become more and more human like that always happens in these movies even in robocop right they they start thinking for themselves and then they want to survive and the premises of this movie is that they dropped a nuke on the city of los angeles so now the humans have outlawed American humans have outlawed AI creatures everywhere, and they've got this giant trillion-dollar ship, and it's going all around the world, bombing everything. But as we learn as the film goes on, it's really kind of maybe uh, the AI beings, maybe they really didn't cause that explosion, and they might be uh, more human than the humans. Kind of interesting. John David Washington plays the lead. Uh, I've liked him in some stuff. I do think that he has kind of a limited range, and playing the classic anti-hero here, it's just not... The most gripping performance. Uh, anyway, he goes off on this search to find Nirmada. Nirmada is the godlike inventor of AI. And then it, it turns out it could be this young child. So you got kind of a Mandalorian thing. Also, the, the movie is set mainly in what they call New Asia, but it's clearly Vietnam. So there's a lot of Vietnam War parallels with the Americans carpet bombing and uh, and dropping bombs on villages where they don't care about collateral damage. All of that done very, very heavy handed. Uh, the dialogue is very schmaltzy. So it's a great looking cornball film, actually, with a very disappointing screenplay. Uh, I do want to mention a couple of smaller films that I actually like. There's a movie called The Kill Room. I give you the piece and I give you the money for it and everything will be clean. I need something to sell. I will call my guy, have him grab his brushes, and whip something up. What's the artist's name? Bagman. The Bagman. Haven't seen you at any of the events. Was under the impression the gallery wasn't doing well. She just closed this deal on a painting from the Bagman. 
at? 150,000. That's crazy. I'm starting to see why he has an appreciative audience yet remains under the radar. Everybody wants one. There's not a wait list because there's nothing to wait for. I'm not used to being told no. Pleasure doing business with you. Family never leave. You're part of this family now. <gasps> Best internship ever. Now I get you two. He's not going to let you out of this. Whatever happens, whatever anybody says, I'm just making art. This is a dark comedy that satirizes the art world. One of the things interesting about The Kill Room, I've seen people say it's a it's a Pulp Fiction reunion for Uma Thurman and Samuel L. Jackson. Um, of course, they were both in there. They were not in any scenes. When you think about it, remember, Mrs. Mia Wallace goes out with... Uh, with uh vincent vega john travolta's character that's her whole arc and then there's that you know the, the overdose that she almost dies and all of that there's scenes before that where jules and vincent talk about mia and about uh her husband they are never in any scenes together in pulp fiction a lot of the actors you know they have their own story arc so like for example bruce willis and john travolta they have a couple of very you know interesting moments but their story arcs are different uh, they were together in Kill Bill Volume Two. Actually, there's a you know moment where Samuel L. Jackson plays Rufus, the keyboardist, at the wedding of Uma Thurman's character. But this in this one, they're actually in the film together, and they're terrific. So Uma Thurman plays an art dealer. Samuel L. Jackson plays a criminal mastermind. They get involved in some money laundering stuff. It's very kind of over the top, but very dark. And they are really good together. And uh, Uma's daughter, Maya Hawk, also, she plays an artist in here. She's terrific. So very good cast, kind of an uneven film. But I love these films that kind of make fun of the modern art world. And uh, they do a good job in The Kill Room. I also like the film that has not been getting a good reaction. You know, I think it played at some of the film festivals. It's a, a Netflix film called Reptile. I walked in the front door. I called out for Hello. No answer. And then what? <laughs> Who do we like from this? I'll go with the boyfriend. I got the friend. I'll take the weirdo. I'm going with the ex-husband. Am I a suspect? Everyone is a suspect. Just call me angel. You gotta think about your future. We can't be a cop forever. Can you keep a secret? I'll tell you the secret. But first, I'm gonna need you to do something for me. It's only gonna get worse now. No, listen! Get out! Uh, this is a B-movie for sure. It's a dark detective story. Uh, a murder takes place and then it kind of expands into possible police corruption and other murders. Uh, what I love about this is Benicio Del Toro in the lead role as the detective. And we listen, we know this guy's a great actor. He won the Academy Award 20 some years ago. And, and you know, you think of a lot of Benicio Del Toro performances way over the top, uh, which he can do. But this is like he was in traffic, a very grounded performance. He plays a detective in this uh, town in Maine who had been a detective in Philadelphia and something bad had happened there. And just his performance as he investigates these crimes, it's so lived in and such a great noir performance. It reminds me of, you know, the old movies with Bogart and Robert Ryan and Robert Mitchum. 
and reminds you that Benicio del Toro can hold the screen with just the you know a, an expression or a, a quick line, and also very cool in this movie. It's called Reptile again. Uh, Alicia Silverstone plays his wife. We've seen her in a few movies recently after kind of a long hiatus, and they're terrific together as this couple that's been through a lot together. It feels like a real marriage, uh, ups and downs and everything about it. So Reptile is the film. Check it out. Uh, want to finish, we talked a little bit about uh, Cardi B and UFOs. There's a four-part documentary series on Netflix called Encounters. Since the 1940s, we've been told by authorities and scientists that this is ridiculous. I think whatever people saw was intelligently controlled. And it was not manufactured by the United States or any other nation for that matter. When I've started looking into these stories, we can get files from 30, 40 years ago that we've never been able to see. They were tortured by the fact that no one would listen to them. You know, you try and live a normal life, you try and move on, but it just opens up doors again. My relationship suffered, I suffered, but I'm still on my quest. I will find out what happened. We have to keep relearning that lesson that human beings are not the center of the universe. Most people would say the question is like, are we alone? I think the question is, who are we? Uh, I'm not recommending it. Uh, there's some interesting stuff, but it's it's well filmed. It's from Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television is one of the co-producers of this. It's got a good director. He did Generation Hustle. Uh, but they're revisiting four well-known stories of alleged UFO sightings. Uh, so each episode, uh, one is about um, in, uh, I think it was like 2008, hundreds of people saw mysterious lights in the sky over central Texas. The other one is about, next one is about a 1994 event in Zimbabwe in which 60 children claimed to have been visited by aliens. And then the Broadhaven Triangle is another famous case. Again, school ch children. This is in Wales in the 70s. They saw a flying saucer. And the final one is about people seeing mysterious lights after the Fukushima nuclear plant meltdown of 2011. So they talked to, you know, eyewitnesses and, and you always find a few experts. There's always a few that were like part of NASA or some, you know, Harvard or something. And now they've become true believers. I will just say this. I, I do believe that probably somewhere out there on this incredible, vast, endless universe, galaxy, et cetera, of ours. It, it seems almost you know, narcissistic to say we're the only beings that ever, ever, you know, existed. But none of these specials are going to change your mind, man. I mean, you see, listen, you see stuff in the sky. And we know there's been, listen, there's been congressional hearings about this. The military and the government has acknowledged sometimes they don't know what the F is up there either. And, but, you know, you see this footage and it's always like this. It's always this shiny disc and. It never does really make contact, although a couple of people in here claim that they, you know, they got probed. Hey, man, they got probed by the aliens. But we still haven't gotten that, you know, Independence Day moment where it hovers over the White House. Or And it's always interesting to me, too, that the description of the aliens is almost always the same, right? It's if they're in a flying saucer or a cigar-shaped uh, ship. And if they actually do make contact, they always look like those bug-eyed creatures, right? They have long arms and legs. And then they have big giant light bulb heads with kind of crazy giant eyes. They don't usually talk. They telepathically communicate. But why do they always look the same? They almost always look the same. 
so it's called Encounters. If you're into, here's the thing, you know, I've learned and I've written two books on urban legends, another book on conspiracy theories and lots of articles about conspiracy theories and urban legends and stuff like this. Because it, it does fascinate me and the psychology behind it. You know, we just had a group saying the world was going to end a week ago. And then they always are like, oh, we didn't mean last Friday. We mean three Fridays from now. But one of the things I've learned, I've been doing this for 30 years. When I first started writing about urban legends, like, you know, the, the killer with the hook in his hand and stuff like that, is that you are almost never going to change anyone's mind about this stuff and that's why i don't get into huge arguments i've got a, a very very good friend who's one of the most educated and successful and accomplished people i've ever met who is absolutely sure that we fake the moon landings and you know the, the that all all of the you know, apollo missions that we fake the moon landings and he'll send me articles about why can't you see the stars or this or that or there's some YouTube interview and I'll, I, you know, I tried to, I actually one time I, I shouldn't do this because I'm telling you that I don't do this, but I actually I put him in touch with the NASA scientist who answered all his questions. And he said, well, that guy's clearly just part of the conspiracy. There's always that answer, you know, and they want you to prove, you know, conspiracy theorists also want you to prove a negative, prove that it didn't happen. Well, you can't, you know, it's like, well, no, you're the one that believes in this wide ranging theory and you've given me some evidence, but not nearly enough. So if you believe that these four incidents are real and happened. And listen, there are some, you know, there's some convincing arguments on some level. How does, how is it that 300 people spread out over, you know, a wide swath of land in Texas all saw the same thing over repeated times, you know, without knowing the other one had seen it still, I don't, there was nothing in this series that is going to change my mind. But if you believe there's also nothing in there, that's going to say, Oh gosh, I think this stuff is a bunch of hokum. So it's interesting stuff as a documentary series. I didn't think it really added that much to the conversation. You're better off with uh, the, the Killing Room and uh, Reptile if you want to check out, I think, more interesting stuff. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Taylor Swift. Thanks to Travis Kelsey uh, and everyone else. God bless you all. I'm Richard Roper. We will talk again soon. Thanks for listening.